Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of You Press Play Sports. I'm your host and news editor, Richard Pereira. Joining me today is sports editor Cameron Priester and staff writer Zachary Watts. Hey, guys, how's it been going with this past week? Been going on. Good, man. A lot of good football. Yep, I can't agree more. And Effie def- definitely had some fun this past weekend, and we're going to start off with football. Uh, this past Saturday, FU took on Southeastern Louisiana at home and cruised to victory with the 42-9 victory, like like it was never in doubt. Like, you pretty much dominated all the way through. Nikozi Perry played well, and the running game was doing excellent with Zuberi Mobley and Larry McCammon getting over 100 rushing yards each, which has been quite a while in the past couple of years that two F- two FU players performed that type of statistic. So what are our thoughts on FU's performance on Saturday? Cameron, you want to go first? Sure, I'll take it. Um I'm not I'm not satisfied, honestly. Last episode I said that they're gonna be like at all confident going into UCF this week. They have to be perfect in every facet of the game. And they won by 33, I guess, but I don't think they were perfect, honestly. You know, there were some penalties. Um, Nicosi threw two picks and eight penalties for 69 yards, actually, which may sound nitpicky a little bit because they won by 33. However, going into this week against UCF, uh, games like this when you're, you know, you're kind of the underdog, it's two Florida schools, so there's rivalry, and I'm assuming it's going to be like a packed house at FAU Stadium, so like the crowd's going to be a factor. Games like that, there's zero room for error. One penalty, one misassignment in a game like this can lose you the game. So they weren't perfect last week, so I'm not that confident going into next week, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, um, just to piggyback kind of off what Cameron said, um, I wasn't necessarily impressed, and I know that's kind of like – Sounds kind of weird coming off a 42 to nine win, but it was an FCS opponent and you kind of expect to handle things. Um, two of the main things I took away from it, like Cameron said, penalties were still an issue. I think we had eight for 69 yards. Um, you know, these are just mental mishaps that need to be fixed, especially moving in to a rivalry game, um, especially against a quality team like UCF. You know, they're coached by Gus Malzahn, who came from Auburn. You know, he's had, he's endured the grind of a lot tougher opponents. So he's going to have his team mentally prepared. So we need to kind of be on par with them. Um, another thing, like we said, we lost the turnover battle, you know, Nikosi ended up having two picks, but it's not, I'm not so much as upset with the offense having turnovers through the air as I am with defense, not forcing turnovers. You know, um, you're supposed to be the bigger, stronger, faster school. You know, you want to make, you want to make things happen. Um, and I fully expected us to make things happen and, not to say they didn't, I just wanted a little bit more than what I got. And maybe that's just me being greedy. You know, I expect the best out of our teams and our guys. But I think it's good to hold us to that high standard because, you know, the moment we start getting complacent, that's when we'll start um, losing games that we should. But we have a very good matchup coming up this week, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Zach. I think it's important for the team to stay focused and not get uh, that to not be content with where they're at. Like, the offense has done very well staying consistent. They haven't scored lower than 35 at night. That is very – that offense has been very good to start the season. 
And with the UCF game taking place on Saturday, September 17 at 7.30 p.m., with, with, which, which is arguably FEU's biggest game of the season, what are our expectations heading into the game against uh, Powerhouse from the American Athletic Conference, which, will, which the football team will be heading into next year? Yeah, so, um, you know, we've had some experience with UCF in the past. Um, you know, UCF's coming off a tough Friday night loss to uh, ACC opponent Louisville. You know, they lost 20 to 14. Um, what I saw in that game was just, I guess what it like reconfirmed for me is like, we have ample opportunity to win this game for FAU. You know, um, I thought UCF was very one-dimensional with their offense. Um, I didn't see a ton through the air that would lead me to believe that we're outmatched in any facade of the game. Um, but it all just comes down to discipline. You know, UCF took advantage with a lot of misdirections, some delayed handoffs, and a lot of quarterback design runs, which I think we should be able to handle as long as we bring the pressure and allow our linebacking core to kind of just be solidified. Um, I fully expect our edge contained to be completely sound this game. You know, we can't just be chasing around players with the assumption that, like, this person's going to get the ball because UCF, especially led by Gus Malzahn, who's coming from a prior power five conference like he knows what he's doing you know they got the transfer from Ole Miss um Plumlee so these are guys who have dealt with the SEC grind and experience you know they're gonna be fully prepared coming into it and we kind of need to match them in that regard um yeah just UCF doesn't really have too much creativity a lot of one-dimensional so I think we have the perfect opportunity to lay an upset um in this game and um yeah that's what I'm looking forward to yeah um Kind of similar thoughts over here. Um, I, I, it is a like you said, it's a perfect like kind of trap game uh, for UCF to get like kind of caught. Um, like I said earlier, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good crowd, so the crowd will be a factor. It's like a lot of rivalry between like two um, Florida schools, so I I kind of expect FAU to come out um, like a little amped up, you know, trying to play towards uh, play up to UCF a little bit but you know teams coached by Pat Cooley Tiger they need a lot of room for error and Saturday there's going to be none so I I kind of see penalties and you know silly mistakes starting to like make their way into the game kind of late in the second half I think that's kind of when like the talent gap will start to show just a little bit and it might kind of get away from FAU, but if they can keep it like clean, disciplined football, it like there's no reason like we shouldn't be able to, you know, maybe pull off an upset. They don't do much that's very creative. It should we should have any opportunity to upset them as long as they play like clean, disciplined football. That's all there is. Yeah. And while I do expect UCF to be the favorite heading into this game, I definitely wish the Owls the best of luck. And which is pretty much, as said earlier, the big their biggest game of the season. Yeah. And moving on. Yeah, I actually was gonna say one more thing. The key to victory, I think, um, especially we were talking about, you know, um, kind of like a lot of leeway for mistakes, especially on the FAU side of the ball. If we want to eliminate those mistakes from happening, just try to run the clock as much as possible. And the best way to do that is to keep the ball on the ground. You know, I know we have a great weapon in Nikosi Perry through the air, um, but we had two rushers last week, like we said, uh, very mobile, 20 carries, 146 yards, and um, Claire McCammon, 15 carries, 125 yards. You know, these are got, we haven't had two running backs rush over 100 
yards in a game in quite a while. And I think one of US, uh, UCF's biggest struggles was stopping the run um, against the uh, Louisville Cardinals. And, you know, we, I think we had over nine guys um, get touches on the ground last week, including Perry and even Willie Tiger Jr. So, you know, we have plenty of guys that have the ability to receive touches and keep fresh legs in there to keep things moving. Um, so I think that'll be a very big key to the game is just depending on how well we're able to utilize the run. Yeah, for sure. And moving on from FU football, we have FU soccer, and we'll start with the men's. The men's team had a two-game road trip to New York, and for sure they enjoyed their time in the Empire State. But that was off the pitch. As on the pitch, they suffered back-to-back 2-0 defeats against Army and Marist. And physicality is an important aspect of the game and every sport. So, and for every sport, actually. So physicality is important, especially on the defensive end. But then there's being too physical to the point where you're drawing fouls, where, you, where you're getting fouls where you don't need to take a foul, or you're just making reckless tackles where you tend to tend to, where you get a yellow card or a red card. And you had that against Maris where they had to play with 10 men because Leo Keller tackled Maris' goalkeeper, and as a result, he got a red. So, and as we said from the last episode, defensive discipline is what's, what this team needs right now, and the willingness to be aggressive and fast, fast-paced on the offense, which, unfortunately, these past two games haven't been the case. Yeah, I mean, outside of the penalty issue, because I know we had touched on it last week, and it was one of the main things we like wanted to fix, but um, obviously, it's a learning process. Um, I'm assuming we'll fix these things as the season goes on. But another thing that I noticed just through the stat sheets was um, we were just out chance 11 to 8 and then um, shots on goal 5 to 4. Like That wasn't a huge um, disparity. We just aren't necessarily turning our chances into goals as much as we need to. Um, yeah, just getting more clean chances. Another thing I'd point out is we are losing these set pieces a lot more frequently um i'm starting to notice a lot more goals coming from a lot of headers from corners um i don't know whether our sets just aren't cleaned up maybe we haven't had enough practice with our set pieces um i i would like to see that get cleaned up a little bit i think if we just eliminate the set piece goals we'd either pull out a lot more ties or even give ourselves a better chance on turning on the counter attack in a lot of these games um, but i i'd like to see that moving forward a lot more of that yeah um, kind of feeling the same way. Um, I don't like sitting at one, three, and one right now. It's not great. Um, but I don't think it's time to like completely hit the panic button. And I really say that because three of their next four are AAC conference matchups. I think they have USF, yep, uh, North Florida, UAB, and then UCF. North Florida conference game. Yep, exactly. Um, so that's like, this is a, a good chance to string together like a couple of wins that could kind of be like the turnaround they need. But on the other hand, if like this next four goes bad and they drop two, three, four of those, that leaves them at two, six, and one or three, seven, and one with like seven, eight games left to play, which it's not a good spot. When you're in that spot, every game becomes like do or die almost. So, yeah, I, 
they have they can't they have a chance to turn it around so it, let's not write them off yet yeah. but this next four games it's kind of like it's time to turn it on or you're going to be in a playing from like a really bad spot for us yeah definitely yeah. agree with you there <laughs> yeah one of the one of the things i actually noticed um because i was just going through the history of our games with usf um we're three and twelve all time against them with our last win coming back in 2000 um, however, our last home game that we hosted against uh, USF was actually a double overtime tie back in 2010. So this will be the first time we host them in over 12 years. Um, USF kind of similar to us. They're at a one, three and one record right now. You know, um, we both have kind of similar matchups. You know, uh, we both played one top 25 opponent. Ours was Lipscomb. There happened to be, I believe, University of North Carolina, where we both ended up dropping those games, but they were both very close. Uh, I think we're both evenly matched going into the game. It's just all about whether we can just pull through. And I, I'm hoping or hoping that since it's at home, uh, we'll show a little more promise in this matchup. And we definitely want to fix that overall record, especially against an in-state rival such as them. Yeah, for sure. And they'll be taking on USF this Friday, September 16th at 7 p.m. And then uh, having a Tuesday matchup against North Florida on September 20th at 7 p.m. So... Best of luck to the Owls for their first game against an American Athletic Conference opponent in conference play against USF. So best of luck to them, and we'll see how it goes. And moving on from men's soccer, we have women's soccer. And fortunately for the women's side, they had better luck than the men's had uh, this past week. After suffering a 3-0 defeat to Memphis on the road, they bounced back against UT Martin with a 3-0 victory of their own. And it's in looking at the record so far, 3-3-2, three, three it's definitely not bad to say that they're doing their best to not be at the bottom, though it's concerning for them to not be at the top at this point of the season. But now conference play is about to finish, and they're approaching conference play very soon. So what are our thoughts with the women's side so far? Uh, I actually just want to give a shout out to Bree Austin. Uh, mm-hmm. She accounted for a goal and two assists uh, in the women's yeah. game um, against UT Martin. All of our goals were scored in the second half of that game. Um, so I was very impressed with that performance. Uh, obviously, you know, we w- wish we would have done better um, against Memphis. But one of the things I like to see is even coming off of tough losses, because I believe our only goal opportunity was denied off a penalty kick in that Memphis game. Yeah. But, Every time we bounce back from a loss, the women's team always finds a way to pull pull up really strong wins um, the following game. And I'm really impressed to see that. It shows a lot of resiliency from them. Um, there's kind of that no-quit mentality. And, you know, moving forward, even if we end up losing some games where they're at now, you can afford to drop a game or two and still be right in the middle of the pack mm-hmm. and yep. be right up there at the top of the conference. So I think... I think I have a very strong chance uh, moving forward. Uh, looking at the schedule, you know, I don't, I see some games, you know, Conference USA games, I believe the rest of the way out after this Kansas game. Um, so, yeah, we have a very tough conference schedule ahead of us, but just yeah. looking forward to this Kansas game first and foremost. Yep. Um, I'm not as worried about the uh, women's team. As I am the men's, you know, three, three and two isn't great. It's not like the worst spot uh, to be at this point in the year. Like Zach said, Brie Austin is playing really well. 
right now, like the team is averaging, they're pretty balanced right now. They're average. They have nine goals scored and allowed. They're averaging five and a half shots more over their opponent taken per game. So they're not playing terrible. They're not playing bad soccer. Mm-hmm. I think next game versus Kansas is going to be really telling, though. Like Kansas has a great team. They're six and zero right now, and coming off two <laughs> straight wins, I want to say yes, two straight wins that they've won by combined margin of seven to one. So they play great defense and they're. Just like an all-around, like solid, proven team. So if they can, um, if they can put out a good performance against Kansas, maybe I'll be a little bit more motivated, to, like buy some stock in the women's soccer. But um, <laughs> we'll just see how they, we'll see how they do against Kansas. Yeah, um, that they that matchup against Kansas on Thursday, September fifteenth at seven p.m. is definitely going to be a, a very big matchup for the women's side, especially after that game when they enter conference play going up against North Texas on Sunday, September 18th at 2 p.m. on the road. So it's definitely a matchup to look out for against Kansas. And we'll, we'll see if the women's, the women's side can take advantage of that and take that take an upset victory, a potential upset win over Kansas as momentum heading into conference play. Mm-hmm. And with that, that will conclude our section with FU Sports. Now we head to national sports, where our only section for today is the NFL, and we'll be going over what happened in week one. Um, <laughs> definitely entertaining set of matches we've had this past week, this past weekend. Um, Tua looked a lot better in the season opener against New England. Justin Fields won in his uh, debut as a Chicago Bear, which Cameron... I'm pre- I'm pretty sure he had a fun time watching him play in Chicago. So. Oh, I was I was at the game live and I was drenched and it was glorious watching Justin Fields outplay Trey, uh, Trey Lance. It was awesome. Yeah, one of the things I have to deeply apologize for is I spoke recklessly saying that the Chiefs probably would make the playoffs, but that was under the assumption that the Broncos would beat a Geno Smith-led Seahawks team. Um. <laughs> Let, let me start by saying that um, Hackett, the coach for the Broncos, I did not realize he was the same coach that was responsible for the Packers kicking a field goal down five against the Tom Brady team in the playoffs, thinking that was a good idea. But, you know, you pay your quarterback $256 million in the offseason. He's supposed to go on the road and make things happen, um, especially on fourth and five. Also, terrible clock management on his part. It just wasn't a very good game for the Broncos all around. It kind of spelled disaster for them. It just felt like it was written in the stars for the Seahawks to pull that off. And probably one of the, the funniest quotes I've ever heard came from Geno Smith post game. You know, a lot of people wrote me off, but um, now I ain't writing back. Uh, I love that personally. I thought that was great. Fire quote. Fire quote. Yeah. Yeah. Just write that down. Well, same it, it, was down. A, it was an awesome first one. Yeah. Uh, same thoughts here. It was an awesome, like, week one. You know, finally got NFL and college, but I really didn't not expect there to be uh, as many kind of you know, upsets as there were. You you said we said um Justin Fields over the 49ers, which is pretty which is pretty uh, good game. Um, Steelers over the Bengals with Mitch um, Trubisky at quarterback. Um, like you said, Seahawks over Broncos. Uh, there was like just a lot of upsets and um, a lot of players. I think that. We're expected to kind of 
like go out and just continue what they do. Um, Rogers, Wilson, it just kind of didn't pan out, but it's week one. So I guess we shouldn't write off anybody or put all our stock into anybody just yet. But um, it was an awesome first week. Yeah. Yeah. We do have breaking news. Um, sorry to interrupt you, Rich. Um, TJ Watt is not expected to have surgery on his torn pack, and he is only oh. expected to miss six weeks as per ESPN's Adam Schefter. So that is important news um, for the Steelers. Um, you know, defensive player of the year candidate year in, year out. I think he's a great guy. Um, hate to see when players of that caliber get injured. So we're glad to see that he will be back on the field at some point. One more thing I will add in, why do NFL kickers not want to keep their jobs? <laughs> it seems like anytime like we as football fans like start to like a kicker, uh he kind of just like like disappears. Um what's it on the Bengals? Evan McPherson was like Bengals <laughs> MVP last season and during the playoffs. And I don't like he was like trying to give out like fans souvenirs. He wasn't even like, hey, like what is he aiming at? I don't know. And then in um Indianapolis, um Rodrigo Blankenship, who was like they a superstar at Georgia in college. Oh, he had some trouble, so I'm not sure what's going on with the kickers. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, as I was about to say, uh, with his performance against Denver alone, Geno Smith should be in the running for a comeback player of the year. Like, like after being after having disappointing results in New York, then bouncing around a few teams before settling with Seattle, being the second option behind Russell Wilson, and finally getting a starting opportunity since his time with the Jets. It's definitely an inspire. This definitely will be an inspiring season from Geno Smith if he can keep up this style of play with Seattle. And and by the way, if Seattle can play the way they did in the first half instead of the second half, I'm pretty sure they should be good for the rest of the season. Like they were, they were, uh, they were busting, uh, busting up, uh, busting up Denver with their with that with their offensive play style. And if they can keep up that momentum, they should be good. And I do want to talk about New England. Uh, as I mentioned, Miami and Tua Tagovailoa played very well. 27 victory, 20 to 7 win over New England. New England has to do better in protecting Mac Jones. That offensive line was not, was not up to par uh, as it looked. So if New England can't protect Mac Jones enough, I don't know if they'll be able to win more games than they did last season i mean one of the big takeaways i mean i thought Tua played well but in my mind i thought if you would have had over half the other quarterbacks in the league i thought that game should have been like 45 to nothing um you know that was just an abysmal showing by the patriots one of my biggest concerns going into the season was we didn't have a solidified offensive coordinator since we had lost josh mcdaniels to the raiders coaching job um you you know, you, you bring back Joe Judge, who's a primary special teams coordinator, and you bring back Matt Patricia, who's a primarily a defensive coordinator, and you have them split play calling uh, responsibilities for a second-year quarterback who you want to grow and get better. You know, I just don't think that was the best-case scenario in trying to improve Mac Jones' status or raising his confidence at all. You know, you're already going into Miami, who you've struggled against greatly the past couple of years winning on the road. And you just get flat out embarrassed. And then another thing is, is Miami definitely showed that their offense runs through Tyreek Hill by all means. I mean, no matter what, they were getting him the ball. They did good getting him. Yeah. 
at any opportunity. But I, I was severely disappointed with the Patriots. And I have a feeling it's going to be a very long year as a Pats fan tuning in the games and trying to root for them because the offense just looks non-existent at this point in time. And one last thing I want to talk about is that Tampa Bay Buccaneers going against Dallas. Uh, Tampa Bay had Tom Brady. He threw for 212 yards in the 19-3 victory. And, of course, to add insult to injury, Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott goes down with an injury. How worse can the Cowboys luck get <laughs> with that going on going down after the first game of the season? I mean, I didn't think they were going to be that good this year to begin with. You know, anytime a Mike McCarthy led team, um, whatever team he rolls out, you could have Aaron Rodgers, which he has, and they still don't do anything. So I wasn't expecting much from Mike McCarthy. You know, I like Kellen Moore as a play caller, although I did think his play calling was a little bit subpar in this Bucks game. And I don't know whether that's to attribute to the Bucks um, special defense. You know, they went on the offseason and secured some very good defensive backs, which I thought was one of their only lacking positions going into the year. Um, I thought Zeke looked um, a little better, but I just don't think he'll ever be the player that he once was. You know, usually it was impossible to bring him down at one-on-one -on -one tackle opportunities. But now it seems like you can put almost anyone out there to bring him down. I just wasn't really impressed. Um, the only other thing I'll say is Cowboy fans now have another year of excuses saying like, oh, well, we would have been good if Dak didn't get injured. But, you know, it seems pretty typical for Cowboys fans to just always come up with excuses. So it's nothing new to me. We'll be seeing more of some Cooper Rush um, for the next four to six weeks. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. Just kind of, I wasn't sold on Dallas um, coming into week one. And I'm kind of really not sold on Dallas now. But I, I just feel feel for Dak Prescott because I f think he kind of just is like a scapegoat in Dallas for kind of every mistake that goes wrong there. And it was kind of the same thing when um Tony Romo was um was in Dallas. It yes, Dak sometimes puts you in a bad position, but we can't pin every mistake, coaching mistake, anything that ha bad happens in Dallas on him. You know, it's it's just it, that's not how football works. And I feel like he just gets while he's not the greatest quarterback in the league and does do some bonehead things sometimes. Not everything is his fault, and it, it, it just sucks. Sucks for Dallas because it's like every year it's the same thing. They're supposed to be contenders, and you get some excuses why they're not. So it's just more of the same from Dallas. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Kind of luck on Dallas's end, especially to Dak Prescott. As we hope he recovers soon. And after that, after an entertaining week of sports, that'll be it for this episode of You Press Play Sports. Make sure to hit like and subscribe, click the bell to keep up with notifications from us, and also be sure to go on upressonline.com to keep up with news, sports, and more content alike. To follow us on Twitter, it's for me, at Rich26Pereira, for Cameron, at PriesterCameron, and for Zach, at ZachWatts1 underscore. Thanks for watching, everybody, and have a great day. Sure. Go Bears. <laughs>